Welcome back to the All in a Homeschool Day podcast, where we talk about all things related to homeschooling so that you can homeschool with confidence and joy. In today's episode, I'm addressing a question I have received from new homeschool parents, and they sometimes ask, well, what records do I need to keep? So today I'm going to tell you exactly what I keep and how you can do that without it being overwhelming or a burdensome chore because I have had that happen too. So I'll tell you the pitfalls to avoid. Now, even if you have been homeschooling for a while, you may hear a few things in here that you have not heard before because there were some things I didn't know about until the past couple of years. So stay tuned and see if you keep all of these records too. So the very first thing I want to say is you need to check your state's requirements. Everything I'm going to tell you that we keep meets my state's requirements and is generally pretty applicable for all states. However, there are some states that require even more detail or some very specific records or some specific forms to be submitted or uh, some reports that they need to have. So be sure that you check with your state's requirements. You can find those at hslda.org. They have the all of the details for uh, all of the states that you can find that all in one place. And if there is something specific that you need, they can give you that detail. So what I like to do is make this a part of my planning process. As I am preparing for our next homeschool year, I will actually set up the skeleton of our records at that point. So I like to keep a set of yearly records and I will have a list of these in the show notes so that you don't have to try to write all these down. But basically, I keep the yearly overview, which is what we have planned to study for the year. So it's not necessarily uh, details, but major topics and books that we will use or poets or artists that we might study, whatever the... Um, the big picture details are, I will keep that in what I call our yearly overview. So I will set that up at the beginning of the year so that I kind of have that guide as I'm planning our year. And then I will have a place for us to keep attendance. And I actually keep it two different ways. I have one where I'm kind of planning our weeks so that I can see which weeks we will be doing lessons, uh, which weeks we'll be taking off. I can keep a tally of how many days that I'm projecting that we will be having lessons. This allows me to plan the weeks that we're on, the weeks that we're off, make sure that we have the required number of days. And I can kind of see that big picture all on one page without having to fill in details of every single day that we are planning to have lessons. I can just say five days for this week, three for this week. Uh, You know, we're going to be taking off for this vacation or just to take a week off so I can see that detail and make our plan. But then I actually have a calendar and I do this in a spreadsheet program. So I have a calendar where I can actually record the days that we have school. In Oklahoma, we just need to have daily attendance. I know in other places such as Missouri and I'm sure some other states, you have to have hourly attendance. So you could easily do that in a spreadsheet also. 
So at the end of the year, I would actually print off those two forms. I would also print off a record of work. And so I've done this differently depending on the type of homeschool planner that we were using for the year. Whenever I would do a paper planner, I would just keep that paper planner as part of my records. Uh, right now we're using Asana and I can just go in and print off everything from that board so that I can see what we've completed. So I actually keep those record or keep the assignments in a weekly board. So all of the assignments for this week will be in one board and all of the assignments for the next week will be in another board. And I can actually see when the assignments were completed. So at the end of the year, I'll print that off. And then I like to also keep some samples of work. And this looks different depending on the ages of my children. When they were younger, I would be sure to keep some samples of their copy work from the beginning, middle, and end of the year. When um, I would keep uh, some samples of math work, whether it was some math narrations or if they did some uh, worksheets or tests. If we had some sort of sample, I would keep that. I would keep Thing, reports that they may have done or written narrations. Any written narration from the year, I'll print out and save that. In terms of keeping those samples so that it doesn't become an overwhelming chore to gather that, what I do is I have a plastic scrapbook envelope sleeve type thing that I can keep beside my school books, my school records for the year. And as they complete something, I just stick it in the back. So the beginning is the, the beginning of the envelope is the beginning of the year. And then as you get into the back of the envelope, that's the latest work. So it's automatically accumulated chronologically. So I can just print off their narrations and stick it in. If they have uh, homework from an outside class, we can just stick that in. If they have anything that they have done, we just accumulate that throughout the year. And at, at the end of the year, I'll go through and sort through it so that I can keep a sample of the work, but not keep every single paper that they have ever generated, because that would quickly take over. Another way that we've done this in the past is to have a notebook that is their school notebook. So there are tabs dividing that notebook up so that all assignments related to copywork will be in one tab. All assignments related, related to dictation will be in one notebook. Anything they generate for math or for science or for history will be in those respective tabs. And at the end of the school year, I can just go through. I can actually pull the entire thing out, leave the tabs in, and then I can choose a few samples to include in their uh, portfolio for their samples of work. We use a combination of those approaches right now. If we print something off, I'll usually just go ahead and file it straight away into my little plastic sleeve. But some subjects still, such as dictation or copy work or something that, we'll that they need to access on an ongoing basis, we still keep in that notebook. And as my daughter is moving into the high school years and high school work, She's actually keeping her own notebooks so that she can study. So it kind of morphs and changes depending on what we're needing and what their needs are and just what is going to be the easiest for me to keep up with. 
The other way that I keep samples is by taking pictures. As we're going through our school week, if they're doing a science experiment, I'll take a quick picture of that. If we're on a nature walk, I'll take a picture. Things that I can take pictures of to represent what they did, I find that's helpful for us to look back and say, oh yeah, I remember doing that. I remember that we did this project. I remember we were doing this service project. We went on this field trip or we had this discovery when whenever we were uh, playing around in the the yard or playing with water or you know, depending on their ages, what those pictures were looked different, but it was a representation of what they were learning, what they were doing. And so what I do is I just take those pictures as I go through the school week. And then whenever I transfer the, the pictures from my phone to my computer, I go through and I tag them. So anything that is related to school, I will actually tag with the school year. So that could be 2021, you know, 1920. That way I can do a quick sort and find all the pictures related to that school year. So I can then upload them to a printing service, print them out, put them in their school binder, and then I'm done. I, it doesn't take a whole lot of time to do that. So those are the two ways that I keep samples of work. Now there are four other logs that I like to keep and I set these up at the beginning of the year whenever I set up my planner and my records. And those are community service hours, books that they have read, field trips that we've taken and teacher training that I do. So I set those four forms up and as we go throughout the year, it's a joint responsibility to record the, the service hours. So in the past, I've recorded all of those. And as they are getting older and assuming more responsibility for themselves and for their records, their education, I am putting that reminder on their weekly assignments for them to go record that. It's still not second nature for them to remember to record it, but as long as I have that reminder there, they can go in and add that. My daughter's actually doing this for an elective class also. She is doing a lot with our church's theater productions over the past year, and so we will be counting a credit of technical theater for her because she is learning a lot about lighting design and running the lights. She's doing some stage managing, and so things that you would learn in a theater class in high school is the experience that she's getting uh, from these activities. And so we've set up a way for her to track the hours that she spends on the theater activities. So at the, beginning, at the end of this year, I'll print out that log also, and I can stick that in with her records. So I put a reminder on her weekly assignments for her to record the hours that she spent over the past week on this log. So it's her responsibility to fill it out, but I'm giving her that reminder to put that, to record the hours. For the books read, that has been a joint effort for most of the time. I recorded them when they were younger, and then I'm trying to get them to record their books that they have read so that we can keep that log. Even when they're in grade school, it's good to be able to look back and see that. 
as they move into middle school, it's a good training for them. And in high school, it's important that they keep this log. Many colleges now want to see a list of what you've read. I've talked to many homeschoolers who have said, that their children were required to give a, a book list of what they've read during high school. So by keeping this log as we go, it won't be onerous to have to prepare it later. And we record everything, everything for school, everything for just their personal enjoyment. The, the schools want to see the wide range of books that they read. So it can be fiction, it could be nonfiction, it could be school related, anything that they're reading, we record on that book list. For the teacher training, I write down the books that I've read. I'm a part of a high school membership. And so the uh, twice a month trainings that she does, I watch either live or the recorded version. And I write down that I had that training because we're always talking about some aspect of education on those trainings. Whenever I write down the books that I've read, it could be anything related to child development, to educational philosophies, to how to teach. It could be something about how to help my children in some area that they're struggling, whether it's academic or social or just, you know, growing up, helping them learn how to live as an adult. And anything that I read for that, I'll put down. Anytime that I go to an in-person event, to a workshop, to a homeschool convention, to anything related to developing my skills as a home educator, I will record that on my teacher training list. So at the end of the year, I print all of these things out. I'm going to give you a quick list here. And again, I'll have this in the show notes so you don't have to remember it. But at the end of the year, I'll go print out our yearly overview, the attendance, the record of our work, samples and pictures of their work, community service hours, the books that we've read, field trips, and teacher training. And so I'll just print all of that out, bundle it up with a binder clip, and I store that in a box that I keep all of the year's uh, records. So over the years, I could go pull any one year out. So there are several ways that you can do this. If you want to do something a little different than what I've done, uh, you can just take your homeschool planner and keep that as your record. That's really, that may be all that you have to keep if you have enough details for your state. Like I said, I like to keep the printouts. And what I'll do is just put those into the plastic sleeves and put them into a scrapbook binder. I have one of the big 12 by 12 uh, binders and I will have everything related to the year in that binder. Now I have two children and so they each have their own binder so they can look back and see what they've done. If you have multiple children and you don't want to have a separate binder for each one, you could just have one binder for your whole, um, for everybody in the homeschool. And this may depend on what the state requirements are too. If you have to submit something, submit a portfolio of work, you need to make sure that, that you're including what the state requires and you probably have to submit it for each child. So how you keep the records and how you store them is going to depend on whether you need to turn something in and what how many children you have. And honestly, how much time you want to spend doing this. So I want to spend as little time as possible. Uh, what I actually do is I try really hard 
that at the end of the school year, I'll gather all of this up and right then would be the great time to do it. But usually that doesn't happen. I try to have their portfolio finished before the next school year starts. Now, if I had to actually show somebody the work and the pictures and the plan, I could show that at any given moment for them, but I, it may not be in that preservable format until the next school year starts. I like to keep that scrapbook of work. It's easy for us to go back and see what we've done in the past. And my children often enjoy going back and looking at that. So it's a combination of the sheet protectors with anything that we've printed out, as well as some scrapbook pages designed to keep pictures to store the four by six pictures. And so I'll just print them out and I'll uh, sort them chronologically and stick them in. I don't put a whole lot of extra notes and, and journaling with it because that takes time I don't want to spend. If you enjoy doing that, you could go all out and make it a really awesome scrapbook. In previous years, I've done that to a much lesser degree. I still, it's, scrapbooking is not my passion. And so I haven't spent a whole lot of time on it, but I have had years where I would actually do like an eight by 10 picture and have some journaling on it. And those were fun years too. So you, you make it your own. You do what you want to do without it becoming overwhelming. Now, what I would encourage is for you to try to do it each year. Keep it done up. I had a couple of years where I don't know why I just started piling things up into a basket. And so at the end of the year, I would stick it in as things would happen during the year, I would just throw it on that basket. And then it quickly became such a big pile that I didn't want to deal with it. And so it was, I think, four years before I finally said, you know what, I have got to take care of this. So I sat down while we were watching a movie one day and I, I I broke this up into small tasks. And so one day I literally just sorted it by year. And so I went through and said, okay, this, uh, for this, these four years, I have four different piles and I made sure that they were sorted appropriately. And as I was making those piles and I would be sorting, I would pull things out that I no longer wanted to keep. Things that I thought, you know, that's a little too much. We already have a sample of that. So I kind of pared it down. And then another time that I sat down, I sorted it between children. And so I had two piles for each year. And then I was able to go through and sort them chronologically and make sure that each child's pile was ready to go into the binder sleeves. And then I would go through and print the pictures and have those in the appropriate piles. And then finally, I could just assemble the scrapbook notebook itself and just start putting things in sleeves so that it was ready for permanent storage. So that took me a while to do, but I spread it out. And as I would have a half hour here and there, I would work on it. And a lot of times I would work on it while we were watching a movie or while we were doing something that I would just be sitting anyway. And I got caught up. And so now using that plastic envelope sleeve as we go throughout the year makes it so much easier for me to be able to just pull that out, print the pictures, and I can be done in about an hour probably to get the the school no school portfolio prepared for the previous year. So if you find that you're behind, 
figure out the bare minimum that your state requires and that you want to keep, and then just make a plan to make steps toward getting it done. This does not have to be something amazing. This does not have to be all out. Make it what you need it to be and don't let it overwhelm you. Now, there are two additional things that we start in middle school. One of them I'm sure you're familiar with, and that is transcripts. So your high schooler obviously will need to have a transcript when they graduate from your homeschool. And you, you'll you be surprised at the number of places that actually want that transcript before they graduate from high school. We've already had several instances where activities or uh, summer camps or just things that my girls have been involved with have wanted a transcript to see the work that they're doing now. And um, sometimes it's been for a selection process. Sometimes it's just been for verification of their education. For example, we submitted a transcript for our daughter's insurance when she started driving to get the good grade discount. So you actually will need that transcript sooner than you think. And just starting it whenever they start doing high school level work is really helpful that then you're not having to go back and scramble to pull it all together. So we actually have a few things listed for eighth grade if they are doing high school level work. Now the other thing that you may not be thinking about but that you should start in middle school is a resume and resume worksheet. So in the beginning just keep that resume worksheet and write down things that your children are doing. We realized the need for this when my daughters were filling out applications. So one daughter was auditioning for a part in a play at church, and we needed to know how many years she had taken dance, how many years she had been doing piano lessons. My older daughter was needing to write an essay for an application to get into a summer learning program. And in order to do that, she needed to know what she had done in the past. So we have found that even in uh, middle school and high school, they need to have aspects of these resumes. Now, it's not going to look like what you may be thinking of a resume because you're, you may be thinking of a resume that you would submit to get a job and that has all of your work experience, your educational experience, and your children's will look a little different. And having that resume worksheet that has everything they've done, so all of the uh, extra classes that they have taken, anything they've done related to dance, to music, any clubs that they've been in, uh, any community service that they've done, anything that they might at some point want to highlight goes on to this resume worksheet. So to give you a few more examples, my older daughter has helped plan the Capital Day events for our, our state homeschool organization. So she has put that down on her resume. Uh, any times that they have volunteered with community organizations or through church when my daughter has helped with the children's choir at church, the fact that she's been in the chancel choir, the fact that my daughter, other daughter has helped with the audiovisual team at church, anything that they've been doing, they write down. And it's a hodgepodge list because it's everything that they've done. 
But this will allow them when they need to complete an application or if they need to submit a resume of their work, they can pull from that the relevant information. So if my daughter is wanting to do something related to technical theater, she could pull out all of those aspects that she's done related to lighting, to sound, to stage managing, and she wouldn't have all the community service information on there, but just the stuff related to the technical theater part. Or maybe she wanted to apply as a summer camp counselor and she wanted to highlight her work with children or her community service work. She would be able to pull from that information and she's not having to go back and remember, oh, what did I do? When did I do it? How many years? She can just have that record and it makes things so much easier to be able to pull it up. And I'm telling you this from personal experience because when that first year that she had to complete that essay and fill out that information, we had to go do this. And and we sat down over multiple sessions, just trying to remember all the things that she had done in the past and how many years. And we had to pull up my pictures and look through. Remember how I told you earlier that I go through and I tag all of the pictures related to the school year, if it was an educational experience. We had to go pull up each of those tagged folders and look through and say, okay, is there anything in here related to this activity? for this year and then keep going backwards until we found the year that we had we had first started it. So if you can get that started when your children start middle school, you will be so much ahead and eliminate so many problems. So those are the records that we keep for our homeschool and kind of how we keep them. Hopefully some uh, pitfalls to help you avoid so that you don't have some of the same frustrations and challenges that we faced. If you want to learn more about planning your homeschool and about keeping these records and about assessing your child's learning and even getting templates for each of these records that we keep, including the resume and resume worksheet and the transcripts and all of that, I actually have all of that inside the homeschool roadmap. It's your step-by-step guide to establishing your homeschool with confidence and joy. And I will leave a link for you in the show notes that you can go learn more about the homeschool roadmap. Until next time, I hope you have a triumphant day.